Hello, listeners, through the magic of seamless, non-linear digital audio editing, uh, you are now hearing part two of a conversation that was recorded over multiple sessions. Um, so finishing off uh, the 80s in yes. Spider-Man and comic books, there's a couple other things. Uh, I very stupidly forgot to <laughs> cover the probably like the biggest thing that happened to Spider-Man uh, in the 80s. Which was he got married? He, uh, I believe it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Was, he the old ball and chain. Yeah, and so this is this is the uh, the first of only two decades uh, of Spider-Man's publication that he will be married for. A uh, very short affair, unfortunately, at least in, in comics terms. Um, to celebrate, actually, uh, Marvel rented out i believe it was the Mets stadium uh o'shea <laughs> the mets meet the mets meet the mets step right up and greet the mets yeah spider-man's wedding was televised in 1987 um and they yeah they rented out the shea stadium uh, which was the the home of the, I believe it's still the or no it is no longer the home of the Mets unfortunately uh, shows how much I know about baseball but yeah Spider Man uh, was a huge Mets fan uh, and they did a live television broadcast with Stanley officiating the wedding and uh, actors uh, sitting in for Mary Jane Spider Man. Hulk, Captain America, Iceman, Firestar, Green Goblin, oh God. and Doctor Doom were all there. Wait, why would Green Goblin be attending? You know, he's got to he's got to cause trouble. <laughs> oh, was that like a plot? Yeah, point? they do a whole little like skit. It's like, does anyone object to this marriage? I object. And it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I believe that they that they did a whole song and dance. I, I if I'm not mistaken, part of it is still available on recording. I believe that most of the uh, performances, unfortunately, lost a time. It's probably in some TV archive somewhere. But yeah, no, that's a... On beta, yeah. That That's a, that's just kind of adorable. Yeah, no, that was probably the one of the better publicity ideas that Stanley had. I mean, he was... I, 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 he's an okay writer. Oh, okay, I'm he seeing was an, a... an okay producer, but... Couple pictures. Really the best... The thing that he was best at was... Oh, my God. ...was doing uh, extravagant... <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's, oh, so, it's so cool. Oh, man, wait. Let me show you that he's, like... It's a guy, like, in the Spider-Man suit, but he's got, like, the suit jacket on. There's just a dog shit Captain America behind, like... The costumes kind of suck, but then it, because it's because it's on like these crappy, uh, you know, TV cameras, they actually kind of end up looking better on on tape at a distance. Yeah. Oh man, that that Hulk is very yeah. Funny. There's a I, I like the Firestar and the Iceman costume. I think those are the two best, and then Spider Man's pretty good. Um, oh God, that. <laughs> Hulk looks so fun. Oh yeah. no, Green Goblin. Oh yeah, I forget the he actually looked more like a fucking goblin in the comics. Like just a weird fucker. Yeah, it's it's not at all authentic to the comics, but I do think the suit for the first movie, uh, Sam Raimi movie, is really cool. I would I would have loved some. I love I love how they in- 
incorporate the purple in. I would have liked a little bit more, but yeah, I can't can't really complain about that. Um, but that that's a little ahead of where that this yeah I, I I'll have to go through our chat and uh, record um, remember to uh, link a few of these images. But if you're listening, just like Google like. Uh, Spider Man Spider-Man wedding, Man 1987. wedding, 1987 TV broadcast. Um, this is uh, yo, this yeah, this is it's I that Ice Man, money, Ice Man though, kind of got a dumper. He does, yeah, kinda he's sick. He's got a bigger <laughs> ass than Yeah, me, me, Captain America has like no no ass from the looks of it. This this guy is way too skinny. Yeah, does not have the size proportion of a Dorito. Uh, the Hulk Hulk is wearing fake ass muscles. This is. That's the head. Oh, Hulk also a dumper. Oh, this I found another image from this promo uh, that is very funny. Here, I'll put it in the in the group chat. Um, oh yeah, that's a great photo, and you can see uh, you can see. Stan <laughs> oh, I see you've got one in the group chat here. This this is a slightly different one. But you can really see the Hulk's face oh, no. in this one. That? Oh no, that's, that's too. Oh my god, he looks like a monkey. But I think they nailed. Or he they looks like King Kong the in the face. Whoever they have doing Mary Jane though, she's is gorgeous. A, a oh, that's, yeah, uh, she's a dime. I believe. Holy shit! I, actually, let's let's look it up. Uh, I believe they have a cast list on Wikipedia. There is actually nobody knows who plays Spider. man There is not an actor listed for Spider Man or Hulk or Captain America, Iceman, Fire Soldier, or Green Goblin. Mary Jane Watson was played by Tara Shannon, uh, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's cool. Uh, and she was like someone, yeah. That's, she's, that's, I, I genuinely can't tell that if that's like a wig or her real hair, because every, everyone had such like luscious, big hair in Oh, the just so much hairspray and everything. Yeah, yeah. but she's, she, she got that like Jessica Rabbit look, Desert Redhead. Yeah, it's 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 cute. You know, it's a very it's a very quaint That's, idea. Yeah, that you don't see a lot in uh, in comics anymore. Well, these it's it's just so much cuter when it's this much more comparatively niche yeah. industry and thing, right? Um, compared to now, where it's so culturally hegemonic, you just see it, if they did this now, it would just be like a massive yeah. idol. Oh, it would be um, so cringe. Because it would be like the biggest company and the biggest corporation that owns half of all culture doing it. And um Yeah, it would not in fact the uh, the original rumor as to why they were uh getting the Mets instead of the the Yankees Stadium was uh because they couldn't afford the Yankee Stadium, but apparently that is not true. Go Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Nicole, I just, I, I found the cover of the issue where the wedding happened. And I want your opinion on uh, Mary Jane's wedding dress here, which is okay. like totally slinky and form-feeding right until it hits the knees. And then it flares out like and a mermaid spin. funny thing about that dress, that is I, the dress Okay, but that... I love, I love... 80s brides brideswear mm-hmm. like 80s silhouettes like outrageous sort of like that that's what you call a mermaid mm-hmm. fit it i, is I called, love oh, that's, that that's called that that's really funny that like yeah. that is actually what it's called because i just my mind just no, went there I, looking I at it. absolutely approve that is <laughs> oh she's got the gloves she's got the gloves up to here 
Oh, she is serving. And that is the real dress that was worn uh, in the broadcast, I believe. And it was actually designed by a real-life fashion designer who passed away shortly after the performance. Oh! Oh. All the... For real, though, like, all the... Like, a whole fucking generation of artists and, like, insanely talented creative people just lost to fucking AIDS. That sucks. R.I.P. Willie, we're dedicating this episode to you. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. I guess he did. He'd he'd appreciate listening to three I guess he was a Spider-Man fan because, you know, he he did this as his, his final piece ever was he designed the the wedding so he must have he must have been you know at least a, a passing fan because it, cer- it certainly wasn't paying well I, I doubt that i doubt that stan was coughing up the big bucks to get you know a fictional character's wedding dress designed now nah, he uh i mean he he he's he's stingy with credit I'll give you so. 10 bucks I'll get, yeah Excelsior. i'll give you 10 bucks for a wedding Excelsior. dress Yes, he, he is uh he does not does not like to pay royalty or I guess was or He's a cheapskate he cheap and he's skate. dead people. Is that a trope? Are we gonna get in trouble? I mean it's it true. Is. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you if you if you want to get really if you want to feel really anti Semitic, you've got to talk about Heim Savon. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. That, that shit will make you feel just being straight factual about that guy and how he did business will make you feel like Adolf. Hey, that's, that's actually that's real because I was uh <laughs> I was just reading about the history of like uh how he tried to like bring common rider over here and just like the cutthroat tactics that he was he was doing and uh how he like threatened to torpedo his own enterprise because he wasn't getting exactly what he wanted. It was what a guy. Do you the uh, this is and this is coming from the the Wada the the Wada cartoon podcast the the Talking mm-hmm. Simpsons guys thing when they talk about things that aren't Simpsons. And I, I usually I listen to a lot of those like the first halves just for like all the back background and research and production stuff because I find it super interesting. And when the X Men cartoon from the '90s was really successful, uh, Haim Saban cut the salaries of the writers. Because he 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 reckoned that they wouldn't quit a successful oh show, God. like a real like just a real fucking yeah. That's next level. Fucking that is, that is next level. Him and him and his his like co producer guy whose name eludes me always give themselves songwriting mm-hmm. credits on every theme song for everything they make. Yes, yeah, so that they can um, so they can just like get they own the masters partially. Yeah. Um. Actually, that's something Gene Roddenberry did with the oh, Star no. Trek theme. Is he made up bullshit lyrics for it so he could get a songwriting credit on it? That's, that's there's lyrics to the, the Star Trek theme. That is God, dude. Showrunners, man. Well, speaking of which, has there there hasn't been any like uh, as as far well, I guess in general, just like when it comes to the rights over spider-man like i think especially as we're approaching the 90s like i think the first at least there was that that failed attempt by canon before it fucking went bankrupt where toby hooper was gonna make uh a live action spider-man so 
you know, and as, as we get into the nineties development into the feature films. So like the, yeah, the, 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 if, if there's anything you can say more about like the, um, uh, like, especially by like the late eighties, early nineties, the status of like Spider-Man as an intellectual property and ownership and, and whatnot. So yeah, that's actually, that's very funny that you bring that up because the nineties really is when all this uh, explodes and sort of takes on uh, a very heated uh, debate over, you know, credit and royalties and back payments and stuff like that. The, the yeah, catalyst yeah. for a lot of this was actually the Blade film. Really? Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up hill. I I like I love Blade Two. Blade Blade's cool, but Blade Two fucks. <laughs> Norman Reedus explodes in that movie while he's watching the fucking Powerpuff Girls. Blade rocks. That's a that's a great movie. <laughs> I thought for a second I was wearing my Blade shirt, but no, I'm actually wearing my Spider Man shirt, which is fucked up. <laughs> I didn't even Rest realize. I did not even realize. I'm wearing my. Uh, it's the the yeah. Well, we yeah. No one really gives the Blade movie enough credit. No, that especially was not only like the first, the first big successful like Marvel movie, and the one that made them consider like investing in making movies as a viable option. Um, also, yeah, like, it was the first it was an R-rated comic book movie way before Deadpool or Logan, and um, people just forget about it. it does, which I kind of understand a little bit. The thing with Blade is, uh, the movie it wasn't branded as a comic book movie. There wasn't like a lot of Marvel stuff all over it, and I think I'd like my sense is like Blade is like not that well known a character outside people that like really know the comics. So no one went in being like, ah, it's comic book character Blade, like you might with a you know, Superman yeah. or Batman. And in um, fact, that that was that was partially intentional by the producers. Uh, the original cut of the film is a lot more comic booky. In fact, it features uh, the ending was going to feature a tease for uh, none other than a Morbius film. <laughs> uh, Director Stephen Norrington as. Uh, as Morbius himself. No, not the. No yeah, shit. Well, well, too bad he ended up directing the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I know. We need to. Fr- I was actually just talking about this on the stream, but I think he needs, he needs a second shot. Oh fuck, that's because that, that's the, wild. That movie sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's like it shouldn't. It's not like end your career suck, you know. It's it 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 sucks, but it's. I mean, setting aside the comic book, um, it it sucks in a way that's still like kind of fun. Like, there's a lot of fun ideas and sort of things in it, even if it's also like you know like really stupid. Um, it is that that it is like that ridiculous Captain Nemo has that like ridiculous long car. <laughs> oh, I love I love that car. I have, a, I have a picture of it on my Pinterest. Uh. <laughs> oh shit! I I actually because that movie came out when I was like. 11 or 12 and I actually really liked it um at that age that that does it feels like a movie that would have done well if it came out 10 years later when like you had stuff like supernatural and uh and you know like the librarians and warehouse 13 it, or or like three there. years earlier like it coming out right after 9 yeah. 11 I think it was just the wrong time for a movie like that um yeah it was it was too it was too beige it was not dark it was not gritty 
Uh, it was very much a movie that was not not made for 2003, right? When it came out. Yeah. I, and I'm guessing there's no uh, the uh, uh, Mister High doesn't rape the Invisible Man to death. <laughs> No, no, that's it's 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 not a faithful adaptation of the source material at all. At all, no. It's it's. (laughs) Listen, listen. I I you know detest sexual assault. I think it's disgusting. It's morally abhorrent. But there is something just morbidly fascinating. I would kind of like to see that in a movie. (laughs) I just would. Alan Moore's sexuality takes are are fascinating. He always knows are fascinating. how, How to like. Not only draw something that, or not, or script something that is uh, that is compelling, but also like something that will stick with you for a hot moment. Even just the sex scenes in in Watchmen are very, uh, very they, they stick in your head, you know. Yeah, no, because he understands sexuality as an extension of character. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, um. Even when it's really kind of explicit, like I feel like that's something he he does pretty well with with it, because um, there is like the sex scene between uh, uh, Mina and Quartermain in the uh, in the books, which I just reread, is again really interesting because she's got like <laughs> she's always wearing this like neck scarf, and it's like not until the second that's volume right. that it comes off, and you realize that like her neck is like horribly disfigured. Yeah, um, they they really. I love how they make all these uh, all these things so much more gruesome than they're, they're t- traditionally depicted. You know, being the Invisible Man just like sucks. Being you know Jacqueline Hyde sucks. Being well, the the Invisible Man is actually sucks. pretty grim in the original book, um, which I read I when I was a kid. Read it. I've seen the, the film. H. G. Wells book. Um, well, to to bring it back to Spider Man. <laughs> Am I crazy? Did I make this up? Or is, isn't there like a storyline where uh, Peter knocks Mary Jane or someone up and because he was bitten by the radioactive spider, he has radioactive sperm? That is a... That is a or am, I, am I confusing that? Oh, no, that I is, think that's that is Superman. No, that is, that is real. It's in a, it's in uh, a non-canon uh, <laughs> uh, like alternate future uh, where it's like, what if everything in Spider-Man's life went wrong, you know? Oh, it's uh, not. Ca- oh, that story. He, he, I heard that story. He but inside Mary Jane. No, that, that is like the number, That is like the like. Uh, who's that? Who's that actor that had the gerbil in his ass? Uh, oh, Richard Gere. Richard Gere. That's like that's like <laughs> that Gere. to Spider Man. Like that is. Uh, <laughs> were you just? You were you think the other day you were just like. Yeah, where the fuck did this gerbil in Richard Gere's ass story come it's, from? It's just Richard Gere is such a weird choice for that type yeah. of urban legend to me because he seems so kind of banal as an actor. Like, maybe that's why it clicked because I think that's probably Richard Gere seems it, really normal. Where's my Richard Gere museum shirt? Oh, he's a guy that was kind of like a sexy man for two years in Hollywood and then he just kind of. And it's American Gigolo. Kind of disappeared. But yeah. yeah, no. In the so in the nineties, you had uh, this beginning of a right struggle uh, where uh, guys like Marv Wolfman were like, "Hey, you know, where's my where's my cut?" And a lot of these guys won lawsuits, especially on, on smaller characters that were getting adaptations. I believe Marv Wolfman won the Blade lawsuit, uh, and part of the part of the stipulation there was with the, that they would uh, that they would like um, 
set up a royalties program, and I'm pretty sure that just never happened. Uh, ah, geez, of course they just not. Just kind of didn't do it. Um, but yeah, I believe this. I believe Steve Steve Ditko's estate, because I, I think he had passed on by this point, uh, had attempted to sue uh, for the rights of Spider Man as it was going through uh, a bit of a bit of a tumultuous period in the late '80s uh, or in the late uh, late '90s. Uh, but in the early '90s, that was when, uh, especially around like 1994, that was when the, the the shit hit the fan, so to speak, with uh, with comic books, and you started to have uh, a, a large shrinkage, especially among indie comic book companies. They were going belly up like every other week. Uh, you had a there's, lot of there's kind of a bubble burst moment there for the industry. Yes. Yes, and it's due to a lot of different factors. Part of it is because a lot of them were chasing the speculator market. Uh, that is that is a huge, huge factor there. Part of it is because you had just so much money that was being uh, poured into these this, these companies, especially companies like Image and Dark Horse, where they were like, okay, you guys need to get as much shit out as possible. They would hit a snag uh, or fuck the money up in some way and have to... Uh, you know, cancel a bunch of books as recompense. Um, it it sounds sort of like what's happening with streaming and what happened with video exactly. games in the mid eighties, where it got you know people kept it made it was it was growing, so people kept plowing money into it, assuming it would keep growing at that exponential rate, and then it hit its mm-hmm. limit, and suddenly you've got way too much stuff of too much varying quality. Because Image Comics, if I'm not mistaken, that was like Todd McFarlane and other guys. When they, they yeah, wanted a creator owned imprint. Yeah. Rob Liefeld. Yeah, actually, you know what's crazy is is uh is Alan Moore was a huge Liefeld fan. Or is really? he? He's not dead. Yeah. He That's actually fascinating it was, it to was me. Rob That's like two Liefeld's guys that seem so image. opposite. Yeah, it was Rob Liefeld working at Image that got Alan Moore back into writing mainstream cape comics again because he had mostly been doing British stuff with you know League and all that, and he had essentially been burned out by the, by the nineties uh, out of the industry, and it was uh, it was mostly Rob Liefeld that was like, hey, you know, we'll we'll pay you big bucks, we won't screw you out of the money. Uh, he, he did end up screwing him out of a little bit of money. Uh, less than the, the the big two, but it was still enough to to sort of force his uh, his retirement from mainstream comics that sort of persists to this day. Where uh, he's only really doing doing small press stuff, and and I think he's doing prose as well. Yeah, but, yeah, he wrote yeah. Jer- uh, Jerusalem a little while ago, which I've been meaning yeah, to read I think at some really point. Good. Um, um, and you had so you had this massive market overcorrecting. Well, and to to siphon or to, to sort of not siphon, but to you know bucket out some of the water out of the sinking ship, uh, Marvel ended up selling a lot of their film rights, and Spider Man was the last to go. They were they really uh, they really didn't want to sell Spider Man. That was their flagship character. He's always sort of been the flagship character. Uh, if you buy like any Marvel comic up until probably like two thousand five, you're gonna see a. Uh, a Spider-Man, you know, symbol where the barcode usually is if you buy, buy it from a comic book shop. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and yeah, so you had that, that's where you get the uh, a lot of the early uh, failed starts with 
a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. You get uh, the James Cameron script that didn't go anywhere. And oh yeah, that 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 too. That I'm like super interested in. That's that's out there for uh, people you know to read, right? More. The James Cameron Spider-Man script is it? I believe it is out there, or at least it's like the entire plot synopsis is out there, or something like that. Because people love to talk about the uh, the spider bondage scene, which actually, crazy enough, is, is loosely based on a scene in an actual Spider-Man comic. Uh, I mean, he, it stands to reason he got to go there eventually. He creates yeah webs which I, are I like i know but <laughs> no there is there is like multiple actually i think it is the in the todd mcfarlane drawn uh run where yeah there, he's got a whole like almost like a love nest sort of going in the apartment uh okay well uh if uh, if i look up spider-man bondage i do not get hold on any me, uh... sort of comic uh iteration so uh Message to listeners: Don't look up Spider-Man bondage unless it. you you're into that kind of thing. I'm gonna find it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. I promise. I, I can do this. Uh, yep, I found it. Uh, <laughs> that was really fast. <laughs> I, I think I, think I guess I, I just, just wasn't looking. I had, to, I had to specify uh, Todd McFarlane because that's that's oh, usually okay. that's the, the easiest. I was just getting straight up gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> like some poor some poor twink wrapped in like fisherman's rope. There's a lot of there's a lot oh, of sexuality okay. in the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man run because of course because you have uh Peter's no longer at the bugle, he's a uh, glamour photographer. Uh and then MJ is of course uh you know model slash actor slash uh you know talking head whole set of things. And so you really and also in part, you know, you have uh, you have more mature uh, stuff allowed in mainstream comics. Um, this was when you started yeah. to see the mainstream, the, the comics code sort of start to slip. Uh, you still had that that ugly ass stamp on on all the comics, but you weren't. It was it didn't really mean anything anymore. You know, you had scenes of Mary Jane, you know, taking her top off before the camera cuts away shit like that like 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 the uh, really like like spicy. like what would be a risque pg-13 type stuff yeah stuff that is not happening yeah what pg-13 <laughs> used to be yeah stuff that is instead of just like not, uh, maybe don't take your seven-year-old to see this not happening anymore it's actually it's it's kind of fascinating because no. uh comics have essentially gotten like less i mean about plenty of people have written about this but yeah they're a lot less Less horny than they were in the '90s and the early 2000s, and and cartoons, make, make comics animation, horny again. Cartoons, yeah, everything kind of, especially and cartoons, cartoons. Make cartoons, make everything yeah. horny again. Well, cartoon cartoonists are all perverts. Like we all know yeah, this. Funda- fundamentally, uh, it's a pervert. <laughs> which how funny you said that, and then like a day late, like a week later, the Justin Roiland thing broke. <laughs> well, I I mean, not all of them are harmful. Uh, well, not like, a lot of them are harmless perverts. perverts yeah. But, um, but it, it, is a, it is a very... Per- comics and cartoons attract the freaks. Uh, there is a whole... We could do a whole four-hour episode on the exact sexual fantasies that led to the Chris Claremont like redefining the X-Men. Um... In fact, oh, the entire reason why the Hell the Hellfire Club exists as we know them today uh, was because uh, Chris Claremont had a wet dream about uh, the British 
the British TV show Avengers. Uh, not the not the yeah yeah yo, yeah with uh, uh, yeah. was it John Steed and Emma Peel that sixties yep. spy show? I've always meant and to watch some to, of that. It's you know I I really like British TV. They 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 got some good stuff there. You know especially uh, that that show UFO that inspired the XCOM series. And, uh, oh, I've never heard of that because I like XCOM. Yeah, it's uh, by, I was, I was it's by the guy who did. The Prisoner's great. I've seen a few episodes of that. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I really need to. I've seen like the first two episodes, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, the the guy who uh, did the show UFO, he also did uh, Space 1999. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that show. show. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the puppet guy. He's the, he did the all those puppet shows that were really popular. I'm blanking on the names. But, oh, uh, yeah. The the, the uh, Marionette shows. Like, Thunderbirds, uh, yeah, yes. And Fireball XL5 and stuff like that. And he has this he has this show UFO. It's great. It's uh it's basically like, yeah, what if uh what if aliens pull up and then we have to kill them? Oh, I'll have to dig that up. That sounds it's great. That sounds like a treat. Um I have it on my p- server if you have p- I've never I, I should figure out p- so I can <laughs> I can do walk that. you through it. It's yeah. uh it's great. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out off when we're not recording. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, you can fast forward to that. <laughs> we will we will legally acquire it. Uh, Miguel, put the reverb on that. We're gonna <laughs> legally acquire it. Yeah, we're gonna. I, I'm gonna mail you a DVD. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't steal a DVD. Uh, so so the comic market after a boom period is kind of the bubbles bursting and Marvel's yep. facing bankruptcy and they sell off the film rights to all their characters dirt cheap. And yep. now we get a bunch of attempts through the 90s to make uh, a Spider-Man film. Film, yeah. And arguably the most, the only successful one was the cartoon, which I believe was with Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was with Sony. Saban produced like the X-Men cartoon and and aired on Fox um, and was, yep. I watched a few episodes. That was my, like that was my ex- primary exposure to Spider-Man as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that cartoon a lot. And I rewatched a few episodes of it and the X-Men cartoon uh, around over the last year, over the holidays, the like 20, like not the past one, but the one before that, not that that matters on Disney. Mm-hmm. Cause I was house sitting and they had Disney plus. So I was just like, get high. Just like, Oh, I'll watch some old cartoons, reboot shit from my childhood. <laughs> And um, it was like, like the animation's a bit rough because you know, like Saban was such a cheapskate. They, they yeah. didn't get there's good a lot animation of, a lot budgets. Of rough CG in there. Um, yeah, but like it was beginning. like the voice cast was all really solid. It was like pretty, like competently written in pace. Same with like the X Men cartoon. Like aside from just having really limited resources for animation, it was all like pretty, pretty well executed and pretty faithful to the comics for like being oh, a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon. Uh, no, the Spider-Man show is great. It's probably the most uh, accurate in terms of just like, these are, you can point to the exact Spider-Man issues that they're doing there. You know, you have, uh, you have spectacular Spider-Man, which is later and it's going for more of a early Spider-Man vibe. But I, I honestly prefer the, the nineties cartoon where it's like, okay, he's been, he's yeah. been Spider-Man for yeah. a while now. Uh, people know who he is. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Like especially that becomes noticeable with like each like per, like we we talked about the turnaround between like Spider Man three and the Amazing Spider Man. How short that like turnaround was. It's like all right, another we're all right. We're gonna have to see Uncle Ben die again. You know that like yeah. 
That was arguably the only thing that the MCU did right. Where it's like, oh, yeah. it's like okay, you know who yeah. Spider-Man is. Because you know. I noticed that with like the cartoon adaptations and stuff of that era, they're like kind of distilling all of the 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 most like congealed essential elements of this like at that point thirty years of stories and history, and kind of doing like a like a like a greatest hits kind of thing, which I think is like better than just revisiting the origin story over and over again. Because I, I feel like these characters like in film, like if you're gonna have them, you got to treat them kind of like James Bond, where it's just like you know what their deal is. And each exactly. interpretation yeah. just kind of speaks yeah. for itself without having to establish itself and a, and a specific canon for itself over and over again. It's just, you know, like you watch a new, you, you go watch a new James Bond movie and it's like Daniel Craig instead well, of um, yeah. uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan and like Judy Dench is still M, but everything else is different. You just go, well, OK, yeah, you know, you it's just, just yeah. you, you don't stress continuity that much, except within the movie you're watching. You just accept certain conventions of because it, it is like like when we were talking about Force Awakens and, and Star Wars, how the, the the main things about our you know its uh, ability to kind of be used the way like modern myth is you know so that like the best spins on that kind of content are you know taking taking inspiration but they're not you know directly repeating the same story yeah um so are there any other interesting notes on before we get to the sam raimi movies and the 2000s i want to talk yeah. about willem dafoe uh, are there any, any well, I, well first i want to <laughs> if, if there's anything else about a, any other interesting elements of unsuccessful attempts to make the spider-man movie and then, you know, there is there is one more thing of note in the '90s that that happened with Spider-Man, uh, and it's it's something that you can unfortunately you can't you can't run from it. Uh, like Thanos, it's it's inevitable. What happened? What did you uh, do? And of course, that that is that is the Clone Saga. Clone uh, Saga. Every, okay. Oh, so this is yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask if is what happens in the comics in the '90s specifically. Yeah, no, the, the Clone Saga is like the biggest thing that happens in the ninth. Arguably the only thing. It really, it, it, it sucks up so much oxygen from everything else that it's almost decade-defining in a way uh, for the opposite reasons that, uh, that the symbiote defines the 80s, where uh, the Clone Saga just sucks. It's, it's, okay. it's bad. Like, I... <laughs> There's there's some there's some nuggets in there, but you gotta dig through a whole pile of shit to to read so what, uh, the Clone Saga. What is the Clone Saga? Um, aside so from those, presumably, the, there's a clone. What there is, is a clone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Clone Saga is the uh, comic book series or comic book arc in the '90s. Uh, it's essentially made up of a bunch of smaller arcs. Uh, in fact, actually, it's it's technically starts in the seventies, but uh, that was a one-off story that they then sort of retroactively uh, bring back. And it starts with shortly after Gwen Stacy dies, uh, the character Miles Warren, the Jackal, who was uh, Spider-Man's, um, uh, I believe, his physics teacher, who had a crush on uh, on a young Gwen Stacy, and. After, Ooh, after he, yeah, oh no. he's a creep. 
Yeah, that's, oh, that's the seventies, no. baby. And after he, after he, uh, after she dies, he attempts to clone her uh, to bring her back to life. Ah! Yeah, and ah, that's some Gendo Akari <laughs> shit. I know. And then he, d- and not stopping there, he also clones Peter, not realizing that Peter is Spider Man. Uh, and the clone, of course, develops spider powers. So now he is the second uh, villain to figure out Peter's secret. They kind of side- try and set him up as like the next Green Goblin. Because, uh, of course, at this point, Norman's okay. dead. Uh, Harry had not yet put on the mask yet. So they tried to build him up. Uh, but it didn't do too well. You know, The only thing of note that happens in the original Clone Saga story... Uh, outside of the cloning of Peter himself, is the uh, this is the story arc that actually introduces the Punisher. Really? Um, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, okay. And he was originally just a just a one off villain that they came up with. Wait, but I thought the Punisher was. I thought the Punisher goes back to the eighties because wasn't there the Dolph Lundgren? There, no, this well, is this the is the, this is the original about, clone yeah. story in the seventies. Yeah. So we're this back is, in the seventies. Oh, okay, so we're back right. in the seventies. Okay, never mind. Okay, sorry. And the story arc, the original Clone Saga story arc ends with uh, one of the versions of Peter dying. They don't, they, they do that, you know, Twilight Zone shit where it's like, oh, is this the real Peter? Which one? Oh, yeah. But they then they drop that pretty quickly because they, they realize that no one really cared. But 20 yeah, years Yeah, you can't later, really do that with a character that's going to keep going for another 40 exactly. years. <laughs> 20 years later, they flip it and they're like, actually you're the fraud and the real the, the real clone was the one that he thought died but actually it somehow survived through comic book bullshit or whatever brother uh, you got and, on the recessive genes and i got the yeah, dominant no it is, it is actually it is it is very funny that you went with uh with metal gear because this is like liquid snake to a t he's even actually he's blonde too which is oh which hell is yes <laughs> And so this is like this is Ben Riley. He's essentially like the the gruff Peter. You know, he's uh he's been living out in the Oregon wilderness uh, until another Peter clone uh, is slowly killing all people with spider powers and all people related to Peter Parker. He actually the only person of okay. note he kills is, uh, is Doc Ock, but most of them get better uh, because it's comics. And yeah, yeah, death uh, death is a a a, a, f- a flu. It is, yeah. No. Yeah, it's an asterisk. Isn't that the old, the old oh. meme? Is that the only person that's ever stayed dead is it's Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben. Yeah, it was, it's uh, Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben, and uh, who's the third? Uh, that wrong, uh, Jason Todd. And, uh, all three of the Actually, everyone except for Uncle Ben has come back to life, uh, <laughs> which is very <laughs> funny. Technically, if you count, count Spider-Gwen as the character coming back to life, then, uh, then it, it counts, but... Yeah, the, the Clone Saga wraps with, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the, the first part of the, the new Clone Saga wraps with uh, Ben becoming the new Spider-Man after it's revealed that he's the real Spider, he's the real Peter, the original, you know, his DNA is older, and uh, Peter and MJ go off to, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> His DNA is older. And they go off to the middle of the, the suburbs to go deal with uh, MJ, who's now knocked up. And Ben Riley becomes the Spider-Man of the '90s. Uh, he's, he's actually he's got a great costume. Uh, I'm I'm not 
against the costume and they do do some fun stuff with him here uh they you know they really try uh but unfortunately it's not it's not a, a great attempt he didn't do well sales wise and so they end out the first volume of amazing spider-man with the tail end of the clone saga which does several things first it uh it brings back peter's parents who are actually spies uh oh that's where that comes from yes it is a similar vibe the they were they were hinted at be or they were they were loosely confirmed to be spies uh way back in the ditko run they do like an annual but uh that was really never followed up on and then they come back and they're like, oh, we've been in deep cover, but actually they're robots developed by the Green Goblin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is this is when you get into the they're like fucking like a fucking soap opera. This is this is when it gets the nineties are when the comic book bullshit really, really kicks into overdrive. And so you have you have Ben taking over Spider Man, uh Peter's parents are back, but then they die again. Uh and then finally uh, MJ is about to give birth. Uh, you know, she's all she's all going into labor and shit. And uh, while that's happening, uh, the nor- the original Green Goblin Norman has somehow come back to life and is beating the brakes off of both of the Spider Men. Who, uh, you know, Peter, you know, suits back up and. Uh, <laughs> Mirroring Norman's death, uh, Ben Riley takes a bullet for, or takes takes the glider for uh, for Peter, who is like, actually, you're the real clone, or you're not the clone. You know, you're the real one all along. That I, this sounds so convoluted. Oh, like even it's, for, it's not great. Well, this um, it's not actually. Great. That, and then they kidnap. Actually, uh, they so, they kill they they kill off in air quotes. Uh, you know, MJ loses the baby. But it's heavily implied as the the volume ends that she's actually still alive. But due to an editorial mandate, uh, they never followed it up directly. We oh weird. Oh, so she didn't just give birth to like a bunch of baby spiders? No, I can imagine they uh, all just come swarming out. That 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 happens in the two thousands. There's something like that where uh, where Peter like. Rebirth. He like sheds his skin. It's it's nasty. Uh, it's 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 fucking disgusting. I oh, like a spider really sheds its exoskeleton. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some full blown body. He turns into a giant spider uh, because of like magic, and then he uh, they, they like find his skin, and they think that Peter's like just dead, but actually he's like fucking around, like doing spider he's, shit. He's shedding. Uh, well, then, have you ever seen how a spider rocks. sheds its exoskeleton? I know, but it sounds disgusting. It's because they they grow yeah, the exoskeleton kind of around them, and after a while, the inside part like starts to outgrow it, and so they kind of like oh, gosh. pull out of it. You have this like cal- calcified spider body that like a soft part wriggles out of, and then grows hard again, and they just kind of like have to do it periodically i don't like that i don't like that at all it's you can see videos Um, of like tarantulas doing it it's really weird (laughs) yeah that's Um, nasty but yeah the 90s uh is where you get the clone spider-man and uh and all that that entails that yeah that that does sound terrible it's not Um, great that's not yeah uh, that's why i say you can stop (laughs) reading spider-man after you can you you have to go through the clone saga as your punishment but you don't have to read anything after it because it just gets worse. 
So what's uh, um? So that's something we kind of glided over, but I think it's pretty important to Spider-Man lore. Like I remember that from the cartoon mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Is uh, when when does Norman Osborn die, and when does uh, so, Harry become the Hobgoblin? So uh, Norman Norman <laughs> dies yeah. uh, similar to in Spider-Man One. He dies right after throwing Gwen off the bridge. Uh, they they fight in a warehouse and. Uh, almost exact. He actually dies almost exactly the same way. He gets impaled with the collider. However, unlike this version, he uh, he, he comes back to life uh, on like the in the morgue. It's it's later revealed, and then spends like two decades just like fucking around. Um, and Harry becomes the Green Goblin briefly, uh, like a ten or twenty issues after that. But uh, he he doesn't do a very good job at it and has to go to rehab. Uh, because he's on drugs. Oh, that's part so of his drug arc. Okay. Yeah, his drug arc is that he he actually and he he actually shouts out because uh, as they're carting him off, he shouts out Peter Peter's you know secret identity, but no one believes him because he's a drug addict. It's all that Ooh. acid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then later in the eighties, he he becomes the Green Goblin again, uh, and is killed off until one more day. Uh, he, he like has a moment of clarity and uh, like sacrifices himself to stop some time bomb that he set up to kill Peter and MJ and all of his friends. And then he's like, wait, I don't actually want to do this. I hate my dad. Okay. Um, and then I, Hobgoblin is a completely separate, uh, separate guy. There's a whole, we could be here another hour talking about Hobgoblin. Oh, I, I always like maybe this is my memory failing me or the cartoon diverged there, but I thought Harry Osborn was the Hobgoblin. No, Hobgoblin was like a. Uh, they originally billed him as like, okay, this is the new Green Goblin, and but they played out who is. They didn't want to reveal his identity, and it became a whole thing over like a okay. year or two where they were just like, oh yeah, it could be one of Peter's friends' boyfriends, or it could be. Uh, Harry, or it could be Norman, or who could it be? And then, oh, okay. They later reveal it's like it's and some who guy. Was it? His name is like oh, Roderick okay, so, okay. or some shit. Uh, it, I don't actually remember what he's up to. If, either they made it Harry in the cartoon, or they, or I just misremembered because they like did that mystery thing, and that just stuck in my brain from when I was six years old. Um, uh, so that takes us into the two thousand. So I guess first will address the uh, the Sam Raimi movie. Um, yes, what are your what are your thoughts on the Sam Raimi? They're great. Um we talked about this a little bit in the bonus, but uh this was like the <laughs> first aka the aka the Spider-Man sleeping. gay sex uh spectacular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they spend a good amount of time building up these characters it's phenomenal but yeah this was uh this was Raimi's like second ever time like working in a major hollywood studio and you can really feel it because he gets cold feet about so much stuff uh some fun some fun off the dome factoids uh the film the first film was actually all the spider-man sequences were shot with the uh with physical web shooters they did not have- yeah yeah that was something we 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 brought up mm-hmm. And then Raimi was like, actually, yeah, the, I feel like I would be yeah. more comfortable if we can do the, the, the you know, organic web shooters because it's more of a body horror thing that he's used to. Um, yeah, body horror slash, like, 
male puberty coming of coming age. Coming of age. Very deliberate, very deliberate allusions to just like jacking off yeah. and shooting thick ropes. Which which kind of works because Spider-Man is a very sexual superhero. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man fucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spider-Man absolutely fucks. Except he's, in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, he does not. He has, Except he has me because he's a baby. In the MCU. It's insane. No, that's that's a that's a baby. That's a that's a little high school. Yeah, he, it doesn't really do help that. that they cast the most baby face guy. But yeah, like Toby Toby Maguire, I just think about that since after he's developed the powers and Aunt May's like trying to come into his room and he's just like shot webs all around his room and it's just like, oh, Tantamount is just shooting loads yeah. of semen all over his room. And is trying I've been to there. Definitely. His, el- definitely his elderly m- mother figure come walk in on that. <laughs> it's very, it's very deliberate. Like, and that was something I really, really liked in revisiting the movie after after not seeing Which it. Which I think, for like, years and years. having the web shooting just being one of his Spider-Man powers is a perfectly fine choice. Like, I think it kind of yeah, makes sense. I, to I me. thought that was how it was. I, you know, I, 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 there's a, there's a small part of me that's like a comics diehard that's like, no, you can't do that, but yeah, it, it works fine in the movies. Because I do remember Especially even as a kid being like, no, Spider Man makes his bed slayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, half the time the suits like it becomes a non-issue later on when he gets the symbiote suit, it makes its own organic webs, so it doesn't, it, it doesn't okay. really like yeah matter too much in the grand scheme of things and it was already something that was sort of floating around in the collective spider-man unconscious before the film because it does Um, lead to the second movie where his like inability to reliably shoot webs is like a psychological thing like erectile dysfunction which which is like a nice touch i think that you couldn't do if they're just mechanical god that Um, that movie is just definitely like that and as I've said, or as we've said, Batman Returns, just two of the, at least those are my picks for what the superhero slash comic book movie can be at its absolute best. Because it's it's a big rarity when the sequel is better than the first one. What do you, a slight, slight digression, but what do you make of Batman Returns, given that it is like very self-consciously just like completely disregarding the comic books? You know, I haven't re- I haven't seen it in so long that I don't actually have an opinion on it. Uh, well, first of all, Michelle Pfeiffer is fucking she's, hot. She's hot. Well. Yeah, that that actually that's my take is that I would have sex with Michelle Pfeiffer. And, uh, Dan- and Danny DeVito eats a lot of yeah, fish. She does. Um, so the Spider-Man movie comes out. It's obviously it's very huge. Um, mm-hmm. It's how does massive. that reflect back onto the character in the comic books going into the 2000s uh, or does it Surpri- surprisingly very little actually I mean it does lead to you had the, there's more Spider-Man media you know you get the MTV CGI animated show you yeah get, uh, shitload of video games that are coming out you get um, <laughs> yeah 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 so much Spider-Man content and the comics, and part of the reason why the comics don't really like rush to embrace it is because they go through a huge change in the 2000s, uh, objectively kill the character, in my opinion, um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. I don't yeah, so actually, let's, let's set the, 
the stage. So going into the 2000s, um, yes. how is the comic industry reacting to the bubble bursting? And like, what, is it recovering? Like, you know, they're doing they're doing okay. Uh, they're, they're doing, doing okay. They're doing okay. This is you sort of you have the hierarchy set in stone at this point that continues to this day, where uh, you know you have the, the big two, and then you have your indies, and that's that's sort of all that that exists. Um, Marvel at the time was doing a little bit worse than DC was. You can see that they're sort of starting to flounder a little bit. They do uh, a pseudo relaunch of the spider-man mainline comic they do they actually do two uh going into the 2000s the first happens of course with uh this storyline where peter gets new roommates he uh mj is thought to be dead uh she is in fact kidnapped by dr doom for some bullshit reason uh they're trying to uh appeal to the the the, you know the i guess what is that gen Gen X, uh, Bachelor. Yeah, Gen yeah. X, early, very, very early, like yeah, millennial. Because at that exactly. point, the oldest millennials demographic. are just entering college. Coming age. of age. Yeah, yeah like, that's like my older yeah. sister is like nineteen, twenty at this point. Yeah, no, they uh, they have so they're 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 starting to shake things up a little bit. But the second relaunch, and arguably the more more successful one, is Ultimate Spider Man. And okay, the Ultimate yeah. Universe as a whole, you you might be you might be familiar with uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man video game that was very popular, or uh, some yeah, of the, that, the cartoons were more. I do. I remember Ultimate the Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man video game because it was still basically the formula of the Spider-Man Two game. Yes, uh, and it had, but it had like a really actually, I think a really nice cell shaded art style from what I remember. I, rented it, it in like it 2004 um, i think i think that one did and there was another spider-man game around that time that also did it I, maybe i can't remember well there's the there's the spider-man 2 game that has the famous uh pizza level yeah there, there was a few spider-man games like i remember there's playstation 1 ones and there was the first movie <laughs> tie-in game which wasn't great and then that spider-man 2 game had it had an open world and it had really good just swinging and like moving mechanics and it Damn, was just I should put that on my steam deck it was really satisfying to play and um and every kind of spider-man game they've done since has just been iterating on that formula and the ultimate spider-man Almost was like exactly, another yeah. another basically the same formula just yeah set in the the ultimate comics so mm-hmm. actually i wanted to touch on that because i remember being aware of those, uh, the the Marvel Ultimate those line did, of comics, did gangbusters. They were outselling, I believe, the mainline Spider-Man title at the time. Uh, they were out like the flagship of the Ultimate run. It was the the only Ultimate run to have like one creator through its entire uh, its entire writing. Oh, really? Uh, that's duration. that's really rare. I think in comics, isn't it, it is it is highly rare, especially when you you factor in that they didn't. I believe the Ultimate Spider-Man run, if you count the Miles comics, uh, ran until 2014. Wow! Um, so almost almost 13 years. So who who was that uh, behind so Ultimate this, Spider-Man? It was Brian Michael Bendis. And oh, I've I've heard he of that sucks. guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, he's what? not a great writer, except for Ultimate Spider-Man, which I I don't know. Like he must have had the greatest ghostwriter of all time on this because ultimate spider-man is great it's it's fantastic it updates the ditko 
uh, Lean stuff all the way up until, you know, the Todd McFarlane stuff. And it perfectly is able to capture the zeitgeist of what teenagers were like at the time. Uh, it is a fantastic period piece as well as just like a great piece of writing in general. It's probably like the best modern Spider-Man comic. Nothing else after that that he's done is readable. <laughs> so that's so, so is he like listening to new metal? And- you know, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I think he's, he's listening. Definitely watching Buffy. There's a huge Buffy inspiration in this. You can really, really tell that he was a Whedon acolyte. I have some sense that Brian Michael Bendis and Joss Whedon are were friendly. Oh, because Joss Whedon did write Marvel comics off and on. I think he did from the actually. 90s I think into he, the two thousands. Uh, the two thousands was when he really started. He did the X Men. He did Runways. Uh, some other stuff. Um, and the, he's, they were sort of in the same cohort of uh, sort of thirty something guys that that wrote uh, soy dialogue until it was really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Although there's very there's very little the, the, the bane of our existence in the actual uh, in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic, it's actually pretty well well written. It, it, it does, seems it, like it's some really great stuff that because like you know I remember really liking Buffy and and stuff, and I feel like it's a thing mm-hmm. that yeah did like it's like a style of writing that like even amongst the people that like kind of popularized it degenerated as they went on into shtick. Oh like yeah, it, yeah, um, yeah. It stopped being novel. Yeah. But also just like their ability to execute on it competently without overdoing it or being lazy or, or compromising character uh, decline. Yeah, they got like, same way like Tim it. Burton became self-parody in his style. Or- yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, after Big Fish or whatever. Well, yeah, the – yeah, no, you said it was the, the Planet of the Apes. That, that was one of his first big movie. crappy movies. But big, I think Big Fish yeah. was okay then. It's just like nothing after that is, I think, worth watching. Um but that's I, that's I a whole other. That. Uh, that's, that's, corpse Bride is good. Oh, I guess I wasn't thinking of Corpse Bride. I haven't. I saw that once. Um, but uh, back to Spider Man. So Ultimate Spider Man kind of recaps the major plot arcs of it does past Spider Man stories. A lot of stuff. Uh, it does. I actually li- I like what they do with Venom. If you've seen the Spectacular Spider Man comic, or I'm sorry, uh, cartoon kind of get the gist where it's like a, a human-made bioweapon. Um, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's there's just some subtle differences that feel very 2000s. It very much feels like a post-Matrix uh, Spider-Man cartoon, where there, or Spider-Man comic, where there's a lot of these big overarching conspiracies. Um, you, don't, you don't really have traditionally mobbed-up guys anymore. Most of these people have transition to having some sort of legitimate industry like uh kingpin you know has uh i I think he's like a real estate developer or something like that in the uh in the ultimate run and uh you know obviously norman uh up to his normal shenanigans um the green the ultimate green goblin is a huge departure in look from uh from the original like most most of the uh most of the the characters have just sort of been put through like the Y2K machine. But I mean, Norman looks completely different. He looks like a fucking Dragon Ball character. Oh, holy uh, shit. He, he does. Like, yeah. uh, uh, what's oh, that? he's like so? actually mutated to look like a goblin yes. in this version. Yeah. 
And yeah, he's he's a he's a hater in this in this comic. He is <laughs> I mean he ends up killing he's a certified Peter hater. and uh Peter fucking gets that's that's you know how Miles he showed got? up. He gets got at the end. Uh super oh, young too. I don't even think he, I think he was like in college or something like that. Uh when Okay, so it would have been like sim that's that sounds a, can you tell my knowledge of Spider-Man begins and ends exclusively with like film adaptations, <laughs> yeah. but that's that that's like how it is in uh, the Into the Spider Verse. Exactly. Yeah, the Into the Spider Verse is almost a one-to-one recreation of the early Miles uh, oh, Bendis okay. stuff. It's 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 a lot better. I actually think that Miles is sort of where the Ultimate Spider-Man comic falls off. Uh He's not as good as writing black teenagers as he is white teenagers. It it sort of falls apart there. It doesn't help That's... that he has black kids in real life, so it's like you can sort of tell that he's trying to write uh, like like an inspiration for his own kids. Uh-huh. Oh, like like here's 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 like he's like so self consciously creating like a role model for them yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. That's in fact, yeah, because that uh, he. I remember him doing a bunch of like CNN interviews where he's like, "This this character was inspired by Obama." Oh my uh, god! Oh, that's so fucking painful, it's, man. Uh, it's the, not great. He's like, "Yeah, no. Michelle, Mary Jane." I, I feel like just <laughs> uh, oh, the uh, Obama spin webs. Just it, it coincides with just the, so many terrible <laughs> yeah. trends in TV and writing. In, in fact, I'm pretty sure that Miles dropped in like 2009 or some shit. Says, yeah, it's, I'm looking at it right now, August 2011. Yep, that, yeah. that checks out. Following the death of Petey, Peter Parker uh, in Ultimate Fallout number four. Yeah, uh, not not great stuff. Uh, you know, Miles is. A, I, I think Miles is a character of his potential. I just don't think that anyone's ever really written him well. Uh, partially, I think they get like. They get like black teenager fright or like stage fright almost where they're like, oh, I have to I have to let him know that I know black people, but yeah, they don't it's ever so, do it in a good way. It's it's this really self-conscious attempt to emulate something, but also being afraid of it. Uh, yep. It's like, like it's a kind of weird thing where it's like you can either not lean into it or you can lean, but I think, or like lean into it, but lean into it to a way where being authentic would require being maybe like a little edgy and scaring people so you kind of end up bit, this like yeah. half measure that pleases nobody yep. what was that in fact what was that <laughs> i just saw the uh, miles morales spider-man comic uh that Thor? Like, yeah that was i actually i, I saw oh, that yeah, going on, on twitter like, with, with like the, i don't know where it is but i have it uh i actually own, this uh, this like very 90s like corny like graffiti thing yeah, that they're that doing was, like it was yeah yeah <laughs> i read it like, like I read a very white and i was of. like this is way way out of place yeah that that makes that makes a uh, spider verse look like a like spike lee movie um, <laughs> yeah i because i because I, I don't i mean i'm i i think spider versus i i don't have too many problems with it but my God, that have are there so many bad Miles <laughs> adaptations? Uh, he's only been written by like two black guys ever, and were they like, uh, like the kind of corny well, guys I mean, you see on Twitter? Was uh, was Tanahisi Coates? Yeah, so, uh, but he's a, he, you know, 
he's a cool guy. I'm sure. I, I think that he's like active on Twitter, so I don't want him to hear this and be like, "Crap, question me." <laughs> uh, oh god, that's that's a slightly unnerving thought that someone would actually listen to this. Spider Man. I've shown my dad an episode and I think he I, he didn't understand any of this. He was just like, this is cool. So you record this? How do you uh, do you talk on the phone? Oh, pa- yeah, parents are so funny. They like they'll check out a thing you make online. Like, once, like it's a radio it show. Complete, yeah. like, they don't understand anything you're saying, but they're very impressed yeah. that you managed to put something on the Internet. Shout out to parents for real. For- shout out. Shout out to parents. Shout out to my mom and my dad. I love you guys. Um, I would be very surprised if my parents ended up listening to. They would probably be like, "Why are you? <laughs> how's that job search?" <laughs> oh, it's fine. Well, it sounded like you were talking about Spider Man for four hours. Uh, no, it didn't uh, happen. Uh, no, I think, I think no, it wasn't. Wasn't you need quite to get like your that. Checked, actually. <laughs> So this this would put us in, and yeah, I did look it up, and it, the idea for Miles came around the election of Obama. Just this, there was a this, lot of this that period between, yeah, yeah, the period specifically. Like now, we're kind of looking at the period like after Spider Man Three well, comes out. Before, doesn't do yeah, before we very we, well we move on there to then, kind of the modern era, uh, is there anything of note in the non ultimate yeah. Spider Man? Essentially, the, the 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 last Spider-Man comic you ever have to read, um, and I wouldn't even recommend that. You know, you just you can just quit before before you even get near it. But you might know one more day as the comic in which Spider-Man sells his marriage to the devil in probably the stupidest. What? Yeah. The funniest thing about this is this is the. Uh, this is the loose inspiration for the uh, the Doctor Strange stuff in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's a similar sort of thing. So uh, in the aftermath of the comic Civil War, uh, Peter Parker's identity is unmasked to the entire okay. world uh, because he was Team Iron Man and he had to register with the government. However, he... He doxed himself like a fucking idiot. He did, like a moron. He ends up leaving uh, his all of his known stuff behind and going on the run after he realizes that Iron Man is on some bullshit. And Iron Man is like, in the comic... <laughs> the rich guy is the bad one. The comic version of Civil War, Iron Man is like cartoonishly evil. It is it is hilarious. He is, oh, yeah. He is yeah. like inventing nanomachines to like mind control people and, you know, outright bribing people to support his bill. And then he ends up becoming the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, it's evil. Uh, but for Spider-Man, the, the key thing that happens is he's back in the cloth black suit because uh, his red and blue is too visible and he's now uh, an outlaw both in his personal and his uh, private masked life. And it sort of comes to a head when a sniper uh, takes a shot at him, misses, and kills Aunt May. Uh, Or actually, she doesn't die. She's on life support. Uh, 
No! This is a very resilient 200-year-old woman. Yeah, uh, she, <laughs> yeah, she can take a sleepy cow bullet to the just chest. Aunt, Aunt, Aunt May, oh, it's like, like a barrack, too? Like a, yeah, it's huge. Hold on. Oh, my God. Dude, dude, that would... That would disintegrate your chest cavity. That would leave a hole in a... Those things are designed <laughs> to shoot through lady. armor. That thing would leave a hole in you. That's like... <laughs> it it, would, like a, she just turned to dust. <laughs> yeah, no. The dude, moment it, is, hair, it, is like, <laughs> it is like... It is like Call of Duty, like all attachments on fucking hacked lobby ass gun. That was, that was such Look a 2000s thing, though. Like everybody had a deagle, you know, and... Uh, yeah, they got the every, deagle with the scope. Because I mean, you know, they pick guns in media for how they look more than anything. Mind you, this is a woman who has had like every kind of cancer that exists. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, so how how often through the run of Spider Man do they do a like Aunt May is dying thing? She's she's straight up died like twice. <laughs> in fact. Actually, I kind of I, I I just remembered this as I was pulling this up, but there's a a point, and I believe it's the '90s, where she like she dies, but then it turns out it's actually a method actor what? that they that Norman hired to fuck with her. And originally, she was just supposed to like fake die and like slip into a coma, but like Norman like switched the pills for like real giving cancer medication, so she just what? died for real. Yeah. The, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh. And then it's, and then the real Aunt May is like in Cuba or some shit. It's on the Spider-Man iceberg. Uh, what the fuck? Oh man! It's on comic the, comics Spider-Man iceberg under <laughs> method acting. The, 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 the movies need to be that unhinged. Well, to to do this kind of shit, like they would, because I mean, they're they're plotted like soap operas, because it's like the same thing where you're like producing a lot of content mm-hmm. continuously, and just you just want people to come back for the next one every time. Um, Absolutely. In addition to like you know the turnover of the people making it too, but uh, but like it would, like I feel like this stuff, if you're gonna capture that element of the storytelling, you have to it has to be like a TV series or something like that. Yeah. You know, stays on and the it air would be for nice thirty if they years. Committed to uh, some of um, these decisions. Well, actually, I have an opinion on superhero stuff. Which, like, if we're if we're gonna have it, um, yeah, it's that it it should be animated. Like, I mean, there's exceptions. Like Batman, you can kind of do live action in certain yeah. ways, but most of this stuff, like, there's no reason to make it live action because that just that loses you so much of what you want out of the material without getting you anything much in return. No, I agree. Unless it's a very drama heavy story that's like, you know, but there's there's very few especially in the in the constraints that you have now when you you know, these have to make it ten billion dollars and they have to you know, they have to be the most popular movie ever and they have to, you know, be in theaters for ten years and then they have to have thirty sequels. I think that uh, yeah, unless you're working with like the the greatest of auteurs, you're not going to get that level of, of quality. No, and and it's yeah, Abel Abel Ferrar's uh, Spider Man. <laughs> I would love that. Like that would be that would be. Dope. But like for the money they spend on it, you could have really nice animation and really? like these movies are already yeah like, so well, much yeah. CGI that they they are already ninety uh, yeah. percent animated movies. 
Um, and I think the only thing it's just they're just animated in a way that's really boring to look at. Um, and and it's like I think the only thing stopping them from making them animated is just that persisting idea that like animation is for children and mass audiences won't go and see it. Um, yeah, which. I oh, don't yeah, think checks, I don't think that's been true for a really long time. No, especially especially now, like like, like manga now vastly outsells comic books. Like people, like look at look at look at us. We're like like I'm edging towards my thirties. We're we're still like baby children just watching cartoons. I mean, my well, I mean, my dad was like wanted to be a comic book artist or animator when he was young. Um, like hence taking that art class and stuff. But so like me growing up, it was like animation was something my parents would watch and read. Like the the first anime yeah. I saw, aside from the geek dub of Sailor Moon, was stuff my dad rented because he wanted to watch it. Like uh um Princess Mononoke or um uh Metropolis and stuff like that. Actually we had I, I don't remember oh, this because yeah. I was so little, but apparently we had a bootleg of Akira in the early 90s on tape oh that's it yeah actually it was that's my it was my it was my parents who were like hey you should you you like anime you should check out bubblegum crisis (laughs) yeah from from 1989 (laughs) have you heard of this it's called neon genesis evangelion well no i haven't been able to get my uh, my dad to watch Evangelion, even though it's on Netflix. No, um, the, or yeah, Cowboy Bebop. Well, don't have him I couldn't, watch I couldn't get him to watch Cowboy Bebop either, even though like you know, maybe on Evangelion, but I know he'd enjoy that. But then he'll be like, "Hey, have you seen Blam?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just watched watch Blam. It, it's just like it's, he just he gets it'll be like nine at night and he'll just scroll Netflix and just like if something catches his interest aesthetically he'll just throw it on you know like he got really into Attack on Titan for a while. <laughs> no, I love my dad. I love my family a lot. Um, dad, we we love dads on this podcast. Like my dad, dad like I said, he was the one with great. the stack of heavy metals and the Spawn comics yeah, and the, the yeah. heavy metal cool the movie on VHS and uh, yeah. Does so your like, dad have Twitter? <laughs> No, 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 never. Is, <laughs> does your dad does your dad want to come on a Twitch stream and talk about heavy metal? He, you know what? He might. He's uh, a little a, a little shy socially um, until he like gets at ease. But um, but yeah, no, he. Uh, yeah, but he's like that's the thing. He's not a nerd in that sense. Like he was never a completionist. He doesn't know a lot of uh, like like he doesn't get into things that way where he like memorizes a lot of facts about him and memorizes all the artists and lore. But he just. You know, both my parents were like really love fantasy and sci-fi and imaginative fiction and stuff. So I just I I was actually like I was seven seven or eight years old. I woke up at like eleven p.m. or got up let, uh, really late one night to get a glass of water, and my dad was in the middle of watching Aliens. He was just like, "Hey, hey, Ty, come sit down with me and watch this movie." <laughs> that rocks. No, that was like like I've mentioned before. Um, have you ever seen Total Recall with Arnold the nineteen ninety? I grew up. That was a movie I watched on tape over and over again from when I was a toddler. It's his origin story. Like I grew up with that movie. the the, the same it, so the cute. same extent I grew up with like the Disney movies and stuff. They're great side That's by so, side. That that honestly rocked. The only I feel like the only stuff that my dad was able to get get me into that he was really into was like Star Trek, uh, because he was he was like a rated on sci fi movie guy, and then my mom was like. 
oh, like, she, she like, fell for the MPAA. Like, oh, PG-13 means you have to be 13 to watch it. Oh, no. <laughs> my, yeah. my mom was ideologically opposed to, to like, censoring our media intake overly That's much. So they would, they would, they'd rent God's movies face. sometimes when I was a kid. They'd say, okay, well, we're going to watch it tonight, and we'll let you know if it's okay for you to watch tomorrow. And it was okay. always okay for me to watch tomorrow. That's <laughs> I I yeah. I remember there's two things I wasn't allowed to watch. One when I was when, before I was like 12, I, they didn't want me watching heavy metal because there's just kind of no point watching that before you've hit puberty. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's, it's such a teenage boy movie. They gonna, didn't. It's not going to ruin your life. Yeah. When I was when I was really little, like like I remember them telling me when I was like eight years old, like okay, don't watch Platoon. More more so, I think, because they thought like I would get upset because I I would like get like I'd see those ads where they talk about like child. Or, or things on TV about like child labor in uh, uh, Cambodia or something, I'd get really angry, and they just—I think they just didn't want me to be mad about the Vietnam War at age seven. And then I was twelve, and they were like, "Wait, you've never seen Platoon?" <laughs> and I was oh. like, "Well, once you told me I wasn't allowed to watch it, and you never like revoked that." And they're like, "Oh no, you're you're twelve now. You should have seen Platoon by now. It's one of the greatest, you know, because they're, they're Gen Xers. It's like Platoon's one of the greatest movies ever made to them." Um. Yeah, my my origin story is uh, like my dad's the one who got me into Godzilla. Um, my mom, she was a social worker in the 1980s, and with specifically with like children and like teenage girls and like crisis. So basically, she was seeing some real fucked up shit every day. So in order to like help get like the trauma and horrible things she just encountered in her line of work out of her head uh she would just read tons and tons of stephen king books like she had like a whole ass collection of them um before we like moved and left our like childhood my childhood home but that was like if if you want to trace a just if you want, to, I feel like that might explain enough about me. Although I'm not, I'm not like a big Stephen King person because he's also like a human ventriloquist dummy. Uh, not a good poster either. Although it's just, actually, he kind of so. has his moments. If you're just like yeah, adorable you know, he grandpa, has, he has you know? his choice. Yeah, not, but he's not quite on like Joyce Carol Oates's level or share or she or share. Share like I'm. I'm sorry. People are like, oh, Trump made banger tweaks. No, share continues to make banger Sh- tweaks. Share understands how to use emojis better than like anyone else on Twitter. She, she uses those like hieroglyphics. Um, but so back to Spider Man. Um, back to Spider Man. This is a Spider Man <laughs> Did we finish talking about one more day, or were we kind of part way through I, that I when we hit I, our I digression? That we were just sort of halfway through, but there's not yeah. there's not too much on the back end. It's very you know Mephisto shows up. He's like uh, you know Peter's originally like I'll give you my soul, uh, and then he's like I don't want your soul. Like you know I have a bunch of bunch of souls. I want your marriage. Uh, and coincidentally, the writer uh, Joe Casada had been going through a, a particularly nasty divorce at the time, but I'm sure that he's no. <laughs> No bearing whatsoever on div- div- divorce this. art. Uh, yeah, like uh, he shivers. Fuck shit up! Oh man, dude. 
Uh, so yeah, he wakes up uh, after spending one last day with his family. He wakes up. He uh, and he's now a single, childless, unmarried, thirty-something, living in a shitty apartment with a bunch of other dudes. Uh, MJ is out of his life. Ah. And yeah, it sucks. Uh, you you basically don't have to read anything uh, after that. You know, uh, they're still not married uh, as of now. This was, uh, say, 2007. So, however many years since 2007, they're still not back together. Uh, so they've so done they some... just rolled back the clocks. So they could do it all over again because they're out of ideas. Yeah. Yep. Is it is Casada the guy who's like in charge of Marvel now? He or was ed- for a while. He was the uh, editor in chief. Editor in chief. Yeah. Now it's now it's the Shogun. Uh, the Shogun. Is, uh, oh man! Uh, can I tell the Shogun story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the Shogun. That's the like, Shogun story. Okay. So uh, the current editor-in-chief uh, of Marvel is a guy named C.B. Cebulski, uh, and he's known as the Shogun because he, during the early 2000s, pretended to be a Japanese guy to steal clout and, uh, and credit <laughs> for, <laughs> and was not caught until, like, a decade later. Uh, he pretended... He pretended to be a Japanese guy named Akira Yoshida. Uh, <laughs> he just had a random Asian friend. No fucking way! Yeah. Well, yes, my name is Naruto he pret- Goku. He just pretended his Asian and I am friend a Japanese man. on like, his like, LinkedIn and shit. Oh, that is so fucking funny. Holy and shit. wrote for oh several like, Asian-only uh, Marvel creator programs to design to attract mangaka and then he he came <gasps> clean so he did a rachel dolez all and you know what's fucked up you know what's the most fucked up he's actually not a terrible editor uh at, under under his his reign like the only readable marvel comics of the last like 15 years have come out he's not he's not terrible surprisingly he's done some decent creative decisions even the new spider-man comic doesn't completely suck uh uh, the last two runs have been very much okay. So uh, he's it, it seems like he he's he's managed to like sl- at least slightly come up from the 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 nadir, the the absolute bottom yes. of the barrel. Um god, that's an awesome origin story. <laughs> that's so good. The shit. That's fucking that's, that's awesome. basically that what um, Steven Seagal did. Honest, honestly, they have a similar look too. Oh, oh yeah. amazing! Does, does 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 he claim to be able to do martial arts? I don't think so. Oh, I, that would, I don't, I that would seen, be so perfect. I, I haven't seen any interviews from him. I actually don't really know what he's like as a person. I haven't. I don't even think I've read anything. I, he's I done. hope he's got uh, like the fedora and the like Hanzo steel like replica. He does katana. have that look. He has that. Oh, beautiful. Um, he's a, he's a kind of chubby thinking. guy with a beard and glasses. Uh, Oh yes, yes. While you were having underage sex, I Perfect. studied the blade. Just, just um, the kind of guy. Yeah, I've running. never read a comic. Before, <laughs> uh, I could be your angel or your devil. I wonder. So, like, what? What is? I want. Like, I always wonder. Like, what is the internal politics that gets people into these positions? Because it doesn't all. It doesn't usually seem to be talent necessarily. Um. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his thing. He was born no. in Japan. He's a white guy that was born in Japan, and so you know what? Okay, he, so he, well, said he, he he had some backstory there. Uh, he's, he's a he's 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 like the highest level of weeb. 
yeah, this guy rocks. He uh, <laughs> okay, so he was he was just always an editor. Okay, so he's just this worked his way out through being an editor, and then he did some writing uh, under his uh, you know, his alter ego, Rawhide Kobayashi. His, his Japanese name, and he got yeah. so much work. He basically led the Marvel manga line. Uh, Marvel manga two thousands. Yeah, no, oh, I, mean, that, I, I have not heard great things, the manga-verse or some. So did they hire, like, did they just do manga style, or did they hire Japanese Both. artists to make more? Oh, okay. Both, yeah. Uh, it, yeah was they, like, it, was, it was, like, mixes, and it was also just, like, you know, hey, here's this Japanese talent. The, uh, the Avatar The Last Airbender era of white anime. Yeah. Yeah. Kappa Mikey. And that's sort of where like, I can't everything think of inevitable about the else. comics ends. I mean, you have like Spider-Verse, which is actually mostly based on a movie, or not on a movie, on a uh, video game. Uh, it's one of the, it's the uh, the Shadow Dimensions game is what uh, inspired oh. the Spider-Verse comic. In fact, the guy that wrote all of mm-hmm. those, uh, those like PS3 era Spider-Man games did a uh, like he has like the longest run of Spider-Man. It, it sucks. He has me blocked on Twitter right now. He sucks. <laughs> What's Fuck his it. name? Uh, Dan Slot. Oh, what did just, you do? I, you know what? I don't even know if I did anything. He is just quick with the block finger. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's one of like the three people in comics that I'm blocked by. Uh, he sucks. He's like a, a huge hater. He basically stuck on Spider-Man. Just to get like the, the the recognition of being the longest person to do it, he wrote it for like ten years or some shit, like some That's ridiculously just, long just, amount of time. Just just getting the attendance award for writing Spider Man is his big career yeah. goal. Oh, that's yeah, lame. That mean, sucks. Like that's like yeah. the only thing of note he did was that's like lame. Superior Spider Man, and that you know it's good for like maybe two issues. Uh, that's the Spider Man where uh, it's Doc Ock's brain and Spider Man's body and. He's like trying to not be as evil as he is. It's it's okay. It's it, it's after the premise wears off, uh, it's it sort of falls off a cliff. Yeah, that that sounds like something that you sh- you do for one issue and then. Stop. Yeah, they did it for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, oh, how long did Superior Spider Man last? I think it was several years. And that started the trend of all the like you know Superior Iron Man and Superior. And is it all of them just get, like, a villain's brain in their bodies? More or less. Uh, Superior Iron Man was, like, the Red Skull had, like, a piece of of Charles Xavier's brain put in his own so that he could do telepathy. And then he he used, like, some sort of device to, like, invert the... uh, make all the heroes evil, but it had an unintended side effect of making all the bad guys good. So they like teamed up and kicked his just, ass. Just just um, um 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 an alignment compass inverter. Yeah, yeah. Sounds exactly like they're kind of running out of ideas. Never. <laughs> what if we made the good that. guys bad? So do we do we have um, anything to say about uh, Spider Man two and three that beyond just kind of the normal like things you'd say about those movies? Oh, uh, the the Raimi films. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. There's nothing. Actually, I have a lot to say, a little bit to say about uh, Spider-Man Three, and like it was almost a good movie. Uh, and there was like one producer that just like got Raimi's ear, 
it was probably one of the the, the big ups at Sony. Uh, and he originally had planned to do the comic accurate symbiote suit along with a uh, an animatronic Venom. Oh, that would have been awesome. I mean, my my understanding was like the biggest complaint about it was like a you know Peter's like you know whole symbiote arc gets a little silly. It you know, does. there's the 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 scene where. But the main critique was that it was just like overstuffed. It's got with yeah, characters. it's got too much, and none of it gets it, it adequately developed. It wasn't supposed to have that many characters. Yeah. I think Green Goblin was for, Green Goblin was and Venom were both forced on. Uh, Venom was forced on early on into the into the story, uh, but the animatronic Venom that they made was like insanely goaded. Uh, it and the was just was not actually, used. Like even if it was. Even if it was just like the symbiote and oh, Sandman. that is really nice for the yeah, for the for the audience. Look. Yeah, there is like a sculpted uh, symbiote suit doing the venom mouth thing, and it looks uh, looks pretty good. It would have been pretty nice to see in action. And yeah, the whole it. reason that all of this got scrapped was a producer came in and was like, "Oh, this looks like a porno. Like they look like doms." You know? uh, what? Uh, and that's a bad thing. There. Yeah, it's like oh, they look like a gimp. We can't have a gimp in a children's movie. They're they're running around in that, gimp I feel like that says spandex. more about the producer of the movie than anything else. <laughs> it does, and like look at that. Look at the black spider. That is the perfect Spider-Man costume. That would have been phenomenal. Like that's he updated that perfectly, where he just like added the Raimi eyes over like the comic black suit, and it's it's phenomenal. Um. That, oh yeah, yeah, that is an innovation much, of those movies, right? Is the kind of like more somewhat yeah. more bug-like, amber reflective eyes. Yeah, it's loosely inspired by the McFarlane and the uh, Ben Riley costume eyes, which were more sharper, but they are more or less entirely a Raimi creation. Uh, and then Spider-Man Four. Uh, was actually in the works and it was I think going to feature like the lizard and uh vulture they had actually they had the lizard the guy who becomes the lizard in two or three right they did. He's a background character? yeah he's in he's in I think he's in one two and three. Oh, really yeah Connors yeah Kurt yeah. Connors and actually funny enough uh sonic writer Ken Penders has a has like the best photo of the uh, of the vulture animatronics from Spider-Man Four. Oh, so they were, were already they were I already. Know, like, oh, I didn't know that got here. that far along that they made props. Shit. And stuff. Yeah, and then Sony was Holy like, shit. "No, they were. We're gonna have the director of Five Hundred Days of Summer make a new Spider-Man, and it's gonna be fucking awful." And it was gonna be John Malkovich as the uh, as the the vulture. Oh, that would be. Interesting. I, I will say, like, I mean, I saw Homecoming once when it came out. I don't know if my opinions will change. I do remember basically enjoying Michael Keaton in, in it. Yeah, he's, he's easily the best villain that they, they have that isn't just, you know, literally Willem Dafoe. I mean, you yeah. don't. You don't. <laughs> that's, God, yeah. that's so funny. To, I haven't seen that one, but just to be like, 
We're, we, we're, we, we give up. We're just going to bring back Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I've, I've read a uh, summary, and it is, it is that is literally the excuse in the film itself, basically. It's like, oh, uh, spell fucked up. I guess that means that all the Spider-Man movies are real. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's the thing yeah. with the multiverse thing, is that every, every version... And every variation can exist side by side so you can please everybody. It's like what they did with the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie where they had time travel. So it's like, well, the original Star Trek yeah. timeline still – it's like this weird thing for and nerds that too. take the internal reality of it so literally. Yeah, we thought it was all brilliant and smart when he did that. Now it's just very obviously a marketing Well, because it's, it's, it's just a – yeah, a, a way to have your cake and eat it too as, as if – original series Star Trek existing in another timeline matters as if it's like an actual, it's just a, it's that weird nerd thing where it's like they, they treat the fiction like it is a parallel reality yeah, that has Christian to be totally Green. internally coherent. Yeah. Um, it sucks. So it is there, works. we've kind of talked about this, but is there anything of note to cover in the 2010s uh, other than the Sony movies? No, not, not at all with the comics. Uh, it's it's just the Sony movies. Yeah, so so the comics just in general go to shit in the two thousands. The comics like. go to shit. Uh, you know, the Superior Spider Man, which we discussed. Uh, that's basically all that's noteworthy. Outside of that, uh, oh, I, I guess I, I get I it. Forgot to talk about Sin's past, but I, I think the less that we talk about that, the better. <laughs> uh, you've you've probably heard of it. It's the comic where uh, Gwen Stacy. It's it's or it's revealed that like Gwen Stacy fucked Norman Osborn before she died. What? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. She, it sucks. she got that. She got that I, big dick willy. That, that's such a weird thing to go back through fifty years of comics to something that was published in nineteen seventy. What was it? Two, three, and add yeah, that you get to, to it. See her like take the take the fucking the the, the take it like missionary style. From it's disgusting. It's it's Why? fundamental. It's evil. It's the most evil comic that has ever. That's been gross. Outside of one more day. But, uh, she was not taking no dick from from fucking Willem Dafoe. Not that, not that he but, doesn't uh, have a legendary. So, I, so like something big dick. I, I, I've, I, the sense I get, and I, I'm curious if this pans out, is that since like I don't know the Avengers, since the MCU became so dominant, uh, that the comic books have kind of just become an appendage to the brand. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different reasons why comic books are basically functionally irrelevant. But yeah, no, the the movies are a decent chunk of that. Part of it also is just because they did like one botched continuity reset after the other. DC's New Fifty Two, New Fifty Two, sort of yeah. What I, what I mark as like the the dividing line between like okay, don't read any comics after two thousand eleven. You know, they are they're not worth it. Uh, and then anything, and then occasionally something minorly readable will come out uh, every like five years or so. There's there's maybe ten readable comics that have come out since the Obama administration. That God, sucks. that sounds so bleak. It, it seems like with it they is. realized that their audience was declining and they they wanted a way to get people in, but it, I kind of feel like with with these reboots and stuff, they sort of threw out the baby and kept the bathwater. Yeah. No, they 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 really like misjudged how much people give a shit about the characters contextless, especially in the comics. Uh 
where it's like, yeah, no, people people will buy Batman comics, you know, they will, and they'll read them, but they they won't read them as much as they used to, you know. There's definitely going to be a bunch of people that you lose by doing that, and no new direction can really ever affect that. Yeah, and and except my my theory on why uh, manga is so much more popular is that one, they're generally standalone, so you're not like I've got to read berserk but also i've got to read five other things uh to understand it but i think the other thing that's really important is a continuity of creative vision because yeah. as, as i you know in my experience of manga which again, i'm not an expert it's like very common that it's like one creator a lot of times uh they have assistance but a lot of times it's like a writer and artist um who tells the whole story until it ends or they die um, yep. it's not like, you know, comic book characters who get passed off from person to person yeah. to person to person, yeah. which like can make, can be interesting to see different takes on them, but it creates a lot of inconsistency. Um, yeah, there's, there's much, many more misses than hits when you have these trade arounds, especially now that, you know, there's like three good writers working in the entire, yeah. movie, you know, and most of them don't do superhero comics anymore because they just they don't pay well it's it, i mean it gen, genuinely if you're like if you're uh, over the age of 30 and you have like a salary job you probably make more than a comic book writer um, oh yeah they're especially on mission especially if you're like not like top tier yeah uh, you know like the top tier guys are definitely they're getting they're getting money but like the starting rate is something like you know uh it's like two thousand dollars a script so you know you're making like 30 grand a year tops yeah i've i mean i've been trying to submit some of my short stories to paying publications and what they pay for those is like 10 cents a word is like really on the high end yeah yeah and that so you're like you know you, you write a short story which like to you know polish it up a bit might take a couple weeks to a month and I mean, I, don't, I mean, there's always those writers that can just bang stuff out, but not necessarily quality or interesting stuff. Um, and then that's like, if you're really lucky, uh, three hundred bucks. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's even it's, worse. We're like, when I did journalism, it was like, yeah, fifteen, twenty bucks an article, and they would take like five hours to. Yeah, the yeah, time yeah, spent it's, it's like Uber like that way. Out, you do all it? the math, it comes up to way below. Oh, absolutely. Which, like you're better off. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I guess that that means that like you can't attract talent because uh, I mean, you know, yeah, like people are creatively you, motivated, but like they can't pay rent, so they're just not going to. Um, you, you're seeing more and more a lot of people just outright leaving the medium. Uh, or what's happening a lot with artists is they are essentially only doing covers. Uh, a lot of you know guys like Alex Ross. Uh, uh, Greg Capullo, all the like, you know, guys who've been in the industry for a while are only doing uh, covers for for checks because you get, you know, two thousand bucks for that, and it takes you maybe a week or two. Uh, it's and it's still not profitable, but it's more profitable than having mm -hmm. to uh, draw a thirty-page book from scratch. Yeah, God, yeah, well, that's so much work. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an insane amount of work, especially and and that's like every month. Uh, 
from from literally from nothing. I'm surprised, unless maybe I've just missed them. There aren't more web comics that are just like supported on Patreon or something. You're seeing you're seeing that happen a lot with the indies. The indies have almost entirely moved to Patreon, where if you're not if you're not getting picked up by Image or Boom Studios or uh, another indie publisher, you're just going straight to Patreon because you get your money up front. Uh, yeah, that's it how seems the, like the you... comics gate stuff started. Which oh is like yeah, do do we want to talk about that a little bit, or is that kind of too? Because we're yeah, you might another two hours here. Your own, yeah, we're we're coming. You want to do on your your own episode for for comics gate? Okay. Yeah, that um, is a, a, a oh a god, yeah, the, yeah. I've I I feel like little, we could do. There was like some minor crossover uh, to a lot of these with the comic books yeah. as a medium in the industry, like not just going through like DC and Batman, the Avengers, X Men, but yeah, like comic skate and uh so much it's just stuff on that end um yeah i do want to say that there is one web comic i really like and i just i kind of like once or twice a year we'll just let it like a back like back catalog build up and then burn through it um that i that i think Control, I, <laughs> I, I, just, <laughs> I did read that unironically when i was like 14 <laughs> I, I think I, yeah, I read through all of it a few years ago, and oh man, that was it. It's all really it? terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 bad. Why would you do that to you? Same reason we do this podcast. Yeah, I was working you know, at Best yeah, Buy. Yeah. I had a lot of time to kill uh, in between. <laughs> it's just like a fuck it. I'm just gonna watch. I'm just gonna read. Uh, Control Alt Delete. Yeah, that, it loads that's, faster. That's, that's a sign you need to leave your job. It is such a microcosm uh, of its era, though. Of that. The, the 2000s, like, it's, web it's nerd massive. gamer culture. Because so it was genuinely very popular at in its time. Um, oh, absolutely. But uh, I was going to say, uh, Kill Six Billion Demons. Oh, I've heard really good things about it, that. It rips. It's really good. And not even, like, good for a web it. comic, but, like, the, the art is genuinely incredible. And it's, I think, I, the, the it's very imaginative, really interesting story, like, uh, I have heard great things. Uh, it, is, it is one of the only web comics to have a uh, regular, at least when I was uh, like, you know, poor teenager on 4chan, it had its own uh, general thread on the comics board uh, where people would just go. It was like the only web comic to get that. Uh, and it seems it seems fantastic. It's so it's astonishing because, but it's also a little like manga that way, where it's one writer and artist. Um, story, doing yeah. the whole thing end to end, and it's and it's all full color. Like it's astonishing. Some of the like big spreads where you've got like these big kind of fantasy cityscapes and stuff. It's like, holy shit! I can't believe one person drew this for a self published web comic thing. Like it's, uh, it it really rocks. I actually, I'm. It's been about a year, so I'm going to probably go back and catch up on it. So, oh, yeah. um, but it's uh, okay. Really oh sick. yeah, I'm looking at. So it's it's giving me like at least the illustrations are yeah this looks sick like a like a seventies like fan like it's fantasy it's pulling, novel like cover yeah like influ- like like influences from all over the place but it's not quite like like there's no easy like oh it's like this or like that kind of comparison um, yeah. Uh, okay. It's, yeah. No. Another another thing I'll put on my. To check out the shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, if if you yeah if you actually like want to read something that's a comic and contemporary, uh, 
that, that that's something I can recommend. That doesn't suck. Yeah, that doesn't suck. <laughs> so what you're yeah. saying is fuck Spider Man, read six, uh, get kill six billion. Yeah, read kill six, six million, million demons. That's because yeah, <laughs> yeah. apparently no, Actually, no superhero I don't comics know have been worth Spider-Man. reading for 15 years. So yeah, there's there's like one or two, and they're they're all over and done with. You know, there's like there's the Hickman X Men run, which is actually it's really great. Uh, and then there's the uh, what is it? The uh, Immortal Hulk, which is great. Uh, I think we talked about that last time, maybe a, a little bit. I think we glazed actually. So I was, actually, guys, yeah, so to close out in terms yeah. of like maybe kind of like classic runs or eras of of Spider Man or just kind of comic books in general, if people want to want to get what what what's good about this stuff, what what gives it some yeah. kind of actual value. Um, what are, are there any kind of like high highlights you'd recommend people check out? Oh yeah, all of amazing Spider-Man Volume One, uh, which carries you right up until the Clone Saga. I think that the the Clone Saga is when they switch over to a different volume, and that is basically everything readable in, in the mainline Spider-Man book right there. Um, for one-offs, you know, I would recommend uh, the first like 20 or so issues of spectacular spider-man for all of these you can find them online really easily uh at, at miguel bleep this at the public library Although you're at a big city library uh, they, they have yeah well they have there's i i think there's like a comic reader like software that's Ooh. actually like patrons oh, can nice. use yeah, so, yeah, yeah they like they that's... rent out ebooks now and stuff it's 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 worth checking out yeah. that yeah. stuff but I was gonna say, like, yeah, for uh, they they have comic streaming services now. If that's something that you want to go into, I don't I don't know the validity or the availability of anything on that. Uh, but I think we should probably, at least yeah. for the episode, wrap up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're now we're, yeah. we're primed well, to yeah. enter the MCU. I, I think <laughs> you guys already do an Tom episode. Tom Holland, on here we come. Spider Man. We did. We did the Amazing Spider Man. The less, the less we talk about that, yeah, the better. Um, right? okay. whole, we don't need to waste just our breath making on sure it. We got it stinks, it. and I don't the, like the it. The first one had Nicole like pacing and throwing stuff out of frustration. Yeah. I there, you, the part, the part where like the kid in the Spider Man mask shows up, like I started punching my desk. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the part. I like the part with the crane, and that's it. That's not the but, old uh, that that kind of made me ironic because I thought like so wait all these cranes are lined up just so but like I guess conceptually it's fine you know doing the whole yeah it, out. It, it reminded me of the uh, of- oh yeah I got something for your ass you mess with mine you mess with New York you mess with one of us you mess with all of us New York hey 9-11 just happened such an extremely New, New York movie hey, go New York go New York go it so is. it's and yet it, so it but weirdly it's, yeah. gets to the core of the character of like oh yeah here's this like this robin hood type figure who's hated by i i do think it's power. interesting that a character that like very strongly embodies that like kind of um altruistic civic ethos was created by a, an objectivist yeah that it's is weird and i, I really think weird that- I think that Alan Moore realized that too because I remember someone asked him like, "Oh, do you hate Steve Ditko because you guys are like the political opposites?" And he's like, "No, I just I think he's an idiot, but like a misguided idiot." Yeah, well, I mean, actual objectivists can be weird because they gravitate like you look at like someone like Neil Pert, and I think the thing they often gravitate to is like 
the individual freedom element and the like because they're creatives they gravitate to the element of like totally free self-expression and pursuit of their art yes um element of ayn rand stuff and then the other stuff kind of loosely follows but they're not always strictly committed to like the free markets and like the that shit or or don't necessarily even think about it that much um aside from just kind of a, a general libertarian distrust of government so it, objectivists can be i mean i haven't read steve ditko's like mr a or the question stuff which which is kind of like, mr a is about wild. that but. <laughs> we'll save that for yeah, a the, potential future episode. Yeah, we'll yeah we're, we're going. I think we've Mr. we've hit we've we're past you. Yeah, hours thanks, now. thanks for coming on. I'm yeah. looking forward to having you on again in a little bit for homecoming. Uh, I'm this glad has been to be here. Oh, super man, fun and like homecoming. Fuck. Yeah, now <laughs> now you've now you've got to do the hard part, which is now having to sit now you understand. an MCU movie. Um, oh, See, that's the that's the trade off. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, Good night. At Marvelous Death on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash Marvelous Death. If you want to pitch in a little bit of money, just three bucks a month, we'll get you all the bonus content. And uh, if you can't swing that, and I don't blame you, um, uh, feel free to just, you know, retweet our episodes, leave a rating and review. (laughs) All right. uh, Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Control all delete. It rips. It's really good. And not even like good for a web comic, but like the, the art is genuinely incredible. And it's I think the, the it's very imaginative, really interesting story. Like uh, Meet the Mets, meet the Mets, step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time on your